we look at NIL and how it has completely transformed the world of college football, along with the transfer portal, there are teams I think that we have seen as of recent, SEC teams specifically, Texas A&M, even Florida, uh, and others will we'll start coming to light. And other teams outside of the SEC have ramped up their NIL efforts. Transfer portal, I think, will come and go. Not come and go. We'll play into it how it does it. I, I think transfers will go where they want to go. NIL will play a part of that. But NIL specifically for recruiting and to some extent the transfer portal has been ramped up by a lot of teams. There is one program, however, that has not caught on to this just yet or has not accelerated their NIL efforts to the level that I think they need to be doing so. And that's Ohio State. Uh, and I'm an Ohio State fan. Uh, I think a lot of Ohio State fans out there have similar thoughts to this. If you're active on Twitter or in some of the Buckeye community spaces, you've seen discussions about this. And I think the the fear with Ohio State, for me at least, and maybe other fans, is not that they will ever fall behind, right, and be bottom barrel of, of the Big Ten or, or mediocre in the Big Ten or college ball in, because of NIL efforts or uh, in spite of NIL and NIL efforts by them. I think the fear is that, other teams around them will use it more to their advantage and take advantage of the situation more than Ohio State. Look, I think Ohio State is a blue blood program that it, whether they have a down year or have an off year or whatever it may be, they will bounce back. They are in Alabama. They are Clemson. They are a Georgia in modern day right now. I think they are a team that if they have a down year, they'll bounce back, whether it's from a coaching leaving or a quarterback leaving or a gap year, whatever it may be. They'll bounce back, and they might have some down years, but they will come back to life. NIL is where you fully take advantage of that. I think the transfer portal will suit itself out for Ohio State. They'll get their transfers. They'll get players that want to come play there. They'll get recruits that are big-time recruits that want to go play at Ohio State because they're Ohio State fans that grew up in Ohio or the Midwest, or they are a uh, receiver who sees the success of Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Marvin Harrison Jr., Jack Jackson Smith and Jigba, so on and so forth. Uh, or defensive ends that see the success of Chase Young, Nick Bosa, and they'll still come to Ohio State. And I'm not saying that Ohio State needs to go out there and dump a boatload of money into recruits, into transfers that come in, but they have to be tactical about it. They have to be like a sniper who has not 600 bullets to fire, but six or 12 and say, okay, I'm going to be really precise and really uh, focused on where I use these NIL bullets. Right? Where do I use this for? How do I use this for? The thing that I don't think a lot of people get, and I didn't really fully understand, is that schools have a part to play in NIL. They are not the ones that are just handing out the cash to players. Right? Ohio State's not, not cutting a check to players that come in. That comes through boosters. That comes through local businesses, local organizations. Great example is with Texas, right? There was a, a nonprofit community service that was, was affected with offensive alignment that said, hey, uh, we are going to give uh, $50,000 to any offensive alignment at Texas that, that, um, that pledged to community service efforts in the area or through that organization, whatever it may be. And it brought in talented offensive alignment into Texas, right, into the university. And it will because it's $50,000 into your pocket, right, from a local business. And so you see other schools, Texas A&M, seemingly went above and beyond for that. Florida, you can see them assembling their war chest a little bit. A lot of people have said, okay, businesses can't be enough to dump it in. You can't do that on small business. You can't do it on big business. You can't rely on them to do that. It's not a steady source of revenue for the kind of go-betweens, not the pay-to-play, but the, the NIL efforts 
that can be done. And so whether or not this argument is right, a lot of teams, Ford is a great example, have basically a subscription service through fans, right? And and while I don't know if I like this or agree with it, because you're, you're taking away the aspect of college football that is the fans just watch and observe, there is the argument that fans watch and observe, and for teams like Ohio State or Bama or Georgia or Clemson or, or whoever else may be, you want them to be their best, and fans can chip in to make sure to, to do everything they can to make it the best other than the atmospheric game days or tuning in for the viewerships to tout to recruits into national media service, things like that. Florida, they have like a subscription service for their fans where the fans chip in $5 or like $10 a month, like 300,000 of them. They are bringing in millions and millions and millions of dollars. And with the reports saying that, Oh, by the way, just to bring in a top rated quarterback, you need to have at least six figures or seven figures waiting on the table for them. Right. Who knows who that is, but player to player basis. But for the, the way that college ball is transitioning, Ohio State has to move forward somehow. They have to do something. They have to be able to partner with boosters and businesses and fans to ensure that they don't fall behind. Again, I don't think Ohio State as a program will ever fall behind so far to a, to a mediocre program in, because of NIL or their lack of NIL. I'm saying that I think to be always a part of that elite tier of schools and even when it's a lapse it's because of a player gap or something like i talked about earlier but to always be a part of that and to keep up with the trend of college ball nil has to be a major focus for ohio state it has to be i i don't like it i was a former division one college ball player i've always had my opinions on should players be paid should players get a check right i think this was maybe the best way to do it by saying the schools won't have you know, a huge part, but it's, it's a, it's a tricky road to go through, right? It's a tricky road. We say their argument is players have their school paid for, they get a stipend or they get housing paid for, they get clothes, they do they meals, they get all of that. And then it was always, well, that shouldn't they profit off their name and everything like this. And I think the prevailing answer was yes. And that's why we have that now, but now that we're in it, like it or not, Ohio state and other teams need to navigate those waters carefully and be fully involved in. And so that's why I think, they have to reach out more to the fans and say, listen, this is what other teams are doing. Whether or not you like it or think that it's right, which I don't even know if I do. This is what Ford is doing. 300,000 people, $5 a month, a million and a half dollars a month minimum that is coming into the school that is going into our war chest purely for NIL money, right? You don't need NIL for the three-star um, offensive guard that's coming from the middle of Ohio, right? They're, they can partner with local businesses. They can do other things. Um, when they come in, but for the five-star quarterback that's coming from California or Arizona or Texas saying, Hey, I'm coming to Columbus, Ohio to play in the winter. What are you going to do for me? That's where you say, Oh, here, here's the structure we've set up. Here's what we've got built. Buckeye fans. Do you want to see another first round quarterback? Do you want to see another playoff spot? Well, it only happens if we have top tier elite players that we can't get unless we can afford some of these opportunities. So that's why I think Ohio state has to step up their efforts when it comes to NIL.